This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Man, how y'all doing today? Y'all good? Awesome, awesome, awesome. God is good. He's good, he's good, he's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you guys need um, Bibles, stick your hands in the air. Don't wave them, don't wave them, don't wave them. No. <laughs> And um, we'll get some Bibles inside your hands. If you don't own a Bible and you need one, you can keep it. And if you do own a Bible, you can save it for somebody else that don't own one. And then they can keep it later, next time. All right, so um, I'm going to go over a couple of quick announcements before, before we dive in. First and foremost, man... Yesterday we had our second annual Tapestry Thanksgiving Feast. If you missed it, man, that was beautiful. Listen, it was so beautiful. And the thing is, it was only just a glimpse into some of the cultures that are represented at our church. Some of them. That wasn't even all the different cultures. We had like 10 different cultures represented. And it was just a glimpse into it, and it was beautiful. It was like a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven, where you have different people, different cultures coming together and appreciating the differences and, and all coming together around something that goes through different cultures, which is food. It was beautiful. We love food, right? It was, it was beautiful, man. Just, I was just, just loving just being there, because that's what it should look like, right? So if you, if you missed it, don't worry, just another 360 days, and you'll go to the next one. So, but, you know, <laughs> so look forward to it. But, um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but uh, all right, so aside from that, listen, we as a church, like we, we, we don't want to just be here and not be, be serving and living missionally. So even as we, we stay here, we're constantly seeking God, asking God, what is he doing next? And, and we just have a heart for, for our city. So what you'll see if you're checking on, on, on Facebook, and, and on, you'll see that we've been talking about this 10K run. Right, where you have some of our pastors that are going to run 10K in order to raise 10K. And the reason why we're trying to do that is because we're trying to build a community center here. Right? We're trying to, to reach out to, to our city and, and, and come around and teach skills and things like that. So look forward to that. This is going to be a way that you're going to start hearing more announcements about that. Start praying about how God will, will use you and in serving inside of that. So... Support it, find ways that you can support, um, connect it to other people that you may know that may want to donate um, to, to the run. But we're trying to, to build, a, not trying to, we're going to build a community center. This is something that we believe God is, is saying and doing. So, so find out how you can be a part of, how you can even share with somebody else that may be willing to, to donate to that. Another way that we are looking to serve our community coming up and coming on December 18th, we'll be doing a thing called Affordable Christmas. So if you haven't heard about what Affordable Christmas is, it's a thing where 
We are partnering with Foster Care Initiative. That's a program that comes around to help support families that are going through the whole foster care process. It helps the biological families, the families that's doing the foster care, the kids, and even those that's going to the stage of um, adoption, right? And we did it last year, and what we did was we partnered with people to, to, to donate lots of toys, and then we turned around and we sold those toys to low-income family at 10% of what the actual cost of the toy was. Like, so if something cost like $100, they was able to get it for $10, right? And it w we served like 350 families last year, right? And we're looking to, to do that and more this year. And all the funds that are raised by selling it at 10% is turned around and put back into serving those foster care families. So we want to invite y'all to be along with this and, and, and to pray about how to volunteer, how to connect and, and serve as volunteers in this, whether it's helping the rap, whether it's um, helping with prepping food, whether it's helping to, 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 to walk people back and forth to their cars. But we serve them the whole way through. So we want to uh, encourage you to be a part of what we're doing because we're reaching out to all the schools inside this community over here, all these schools and reaching out to all, these, all the, the families. So if you're looking for how you can volunteer, you want to find out some more information, Pastor Josh Daly, he's over all the volunteerism stuff, right? <laughs> so connect with him and, and, and volunteer, all right? Volunteer, all right. So, um, so that's that's that. Um, I get to I get to close out our our series on the Sermon on the Mount. So today's gonna be the last one. I'm excited about it because God's been doing some some shaping and and molding during this time. And next week we'll be starting our series on Advent. So I just want to encourage you to come out to that because there's gonna be a lot of announcements that we're gonna start rolling them out more and go into more depths of what, what God is, is doing with our community inside of our, our, our church. And you're going to see a lot of those things in, in, during the Advent time and how you're going to be uh, a part of that. So if you've already got your Bibles, we're in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through, through 29. And if you could stand with me, we'll, we'll read through this and then we'll dive in. The reason why we want you to stand as we're doing that is because we want to honor the God of the Bible. All right, this is his words. This is nobody else's words. These are his words. So we want to honor him, honor the fact that he purposed that we will be going through this right here, right now. So let me read through. Everyone then who hears these words, hears these words of mine and, and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on a rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes 
Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for, for your word that you will purpose that we will be walking through this right here, right now, Lord. Father, we won't get it. We won't see what you have for us unless you open our hearts, Lord, unless you open our eyes and our, and our minds, Lord. I pray that you'll prep our hearts to be fertile ground to receive your, your word, Lord. I ask that you would do those things that only you can do, and you will produce the fruit that only you can produce, Lord. We thank you for, for your mission in our hearts, your mission in our, our cities. We thank you for what you're doing. We give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to start off going inside this, and I, I'm super excited to close out this entire, entire series. Like I said, it's, it's, it's really been shaping and molding, and if you've been tracking with us, you could be able to attest to that. So I want to close out this, this, this story about these people by, by looking at a, a different story, and then we're going to go back to it. It's this is really, really deep story that you probably heard before. It's called The Three Little Pigs. So, you know the story. Inside the story, you had these three, three pigs and, and one, um, they all was brothers, and then they went out and they built their own houses, and one built with, with straw. He did the quick and easy way. Another one built with sticks, and, you know, he figured out I spent a little bit more time, but then still the quick and easy way. Then the other one went and he built his home with bricks, and then the, the wolf came. Trouble came their way. The wolf came. And he huffed and puffed and blew down the one pig's house that had straws. So that pig jetted to his brother's house. And his house was built with sticks. And the wolf came and huffed and puffed and blew that house down too. And then he got to the one with the bricks. And the wolf came and he huffed and he puffed and he huffed and he puffed and he could not blow the house down. Now, that story was about what they built their house with, right? It's important. That story is about what they built their house with. This story is about what they built their house on, okay? So I'm going to come back to this story a little bit later. I just want to open up with it, but we're going to go back to it and, and, and tie it in a little bit later. This story is about what they built their house on. So in 24, he says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So, just starting off and looking at what he's, what he's saying here, what is, what is this rock? The rock, just real obvious, going on the rock is his words. And what we do in a responsive act of obedience to his words is wise because it's building on that rock, right? We want you to get this. It's, it's wise because it's building on that, that rock, which is his words. So when we're doing what we've heard, what we're doing is we're using his words as our foundation, 
right? When we're doing what we heard, when we, do, when we hear the word of God, when we read the word of God and it speaks to our heart, when we hear the word of God preached and we start to do what we heard, we're using the word of God as our foundation and then we're building on it. Now, when you read and you study and you hear preaching, you, be, you gain a knowledge of the word of God, right? Knowledge is just information. It helps you to know more things. It's information that helps you to, to know when you hear these things, you know this. You know these things because you've heard them, you've read them, and you, you know more things, but wisdom is the application of that knowledge. And there's a big difference here. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge, and, this, and, and what makes it wise is what you learn during the application process. This is why a lot of times companies... Like someone will, will, will have gone to school for, for a period of time, and then they get out of school, and they're like, all right, cool, I got my degree, now I want to come, and I want to plug into this job, and then you come, and the job says, all right, cool, I need you to come back when you have like two more years of experience. And you're like, I just spent 17 years in school. <laughs> but they're like, now nah, come back when you got some experience. Because... The experience you gain from the act of doing generates wisdom and growth. There's something about the doing process, right? Where it's more than just about getting some head knowledge, getting some, some, some information inside your head. It's more than just information download, but it's the actual walking out of these things that, that helps you to build. The more you practice living it out, the clearer it actually become. Like you thought you knew it, you thought you understand it, but you don't understand the depths of it until you start walking it out. Then you start seeing it clearer when you didn't even realize you wasn't seeing it as clear as it could be. Yes, I, I agree. Notice, notice he, he likens the act of doing what is being taught, taught, taught as a wise man building a house. The act of doing. We want to catch this. He's talking about walking these things out, doing these things, and in the process of doing these things, you're, you're, you're building. It's, it's, the, it's the act of doing that helps you to understand more. The act of doing that helps you to, to grow in your knowledge and, and understanding. And he, he refers to this act of doing, especially the doing where you're doing what you've learned. You're doing his words. You're walking out his words. He, he refers to it as a wise man building a house. Now, when Jesus teaches, he always uses these parables that the people can connect to. They understand it because it talks to things that are relevant to their days and times. So he takes these, the, 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 the cultural things that they're used to doing, and then he makes these timeless connections about the kingdom of God as he walks through that.
And every single thing he uses in, in the parable, every single piece of it is an intentional piece. There's no throwaway pieces inside of it. Every single part of it is like, that's there for a reason. So he talks about the building of a house. So what are some things, when you think about a house, you think about like a home, some of those things that, that, that come to mind is like a place where you rest at, right? A place where you, you find shelter at. The place that, that you run to in the midst of the storm. It's, it's where you, you start your day from and where you end your day at. It's from the, from the porch of your home. It's how you view the city, how you view the world. You got the saying that says, home is where the heart is. So he says, these people are, are, are building a home. And I start thinking about the relevancy to us. And I start thinking about all these things that, that connect, knowing that he's not literally talking about a physical house. And I started thinking, and there's something else that, that fits into that description that I believe speaks to us profoundly today. Like, where you rest at? Where do you go to and you find your peace and your rest at? Where you find your comfort at? Where do you find your, your shelter at? Where do you start your, your day from and end your day at? Where do, where do you live at? Like when you say, this is home, where do you live at day after day? Where is your heart at? And one of the things that, that starts to stand out here that connects and fits inside that, that I think speaks really, really loudly to us, is your worldview. Your worldview is where your heart is at. It's, it's out of your worldview that motivates you to do the things that you do do and, and not do the things that you don't do. It's, your worldview is, it shapes what you care about deeply and what you don't care about that much. Your worldview is, is the lenses through how you view others. Your worldview is the lenses through how you view your spouse, your children, your neighbor, those that are like you, those that are not like you. Your worldview are the lenses how you view them, and it's also the lenses through how you view yourself. It's where you start your day at. It's where you close your day, close your day at. Your worldview. Basically, you live in your worldview all day long. Reading, reading deep books with sound theology and listening to sound doctrine helps to shape and mold our worldview, right? Engaging and doing tons of reading. Reading the Bible. Listening to sound doctrine that's, that's preached and helps to shape and mold our worldview. But actually practicing and walking it out is what helps to build our worldview, right? The reading, the studying, all that stuff is good. It helps to shape it. But building it up, that comes from walking this thing out. That comes from acting out what you've learned, what you've heard. 
So he's saying everyone who hears his words and does them wisely builds their worldview on the rock, which are his words. They wisely build their view on every single thing else, and they continue to build and build and build on it the more they walk out what they've been hearing. And what they've been hearing is his word. So if his word is the rock, that's what we're talking about. That's the foundation. Then what are his words saying? Right here, when he's talking to them about this, he's been teaching them on this mountainside. He's been walking through what we know today, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And he's been teaching them this whole time, and he's going in deep, and he's challenging his disciples, his people. And at the same time, others are hearing. And at the end, he's saying, man, all this stuff that I've been teaching up here, all this stuff that I've been giving to you, this is the foundation. This is the rock, right? He knows that he's going to send them out. He's going to send them out on a mission. He knows that they are going to, to reach the world. And he's like, listen, listen, this is the foundation where it all starts at. This is where you're going to build your house on. My house, this is where you're going to build it on. This discussion is happening right here. Everything that we've been walking through for the past 13 weeks, he's saying, this is the rock. These are my words. I've been teaching you here, and, and, and you will be like a wise man building your house on these words, on these truths. But he's calling them to action. He's calling them to live inside of it. He's calling them to walk it out. He said, you're walking it out. We'll be building this house that's founded on me, my words, everything that I'm teaching right here. So I started thinking about the past 13 weeks. What has Lord been saying to us? His people that gather right here. How has the Lord been speaking to us? What are the things that the Lord has been, been, been challenging us and saying, listen, build your foundation on this? Or this is your foundation, build your life off of this. This is the foundation, walk everything out from right here. And I started thinking about that. And I know that the things that are, that, that are going forward are shaping a worldview. So I try to, what, well, what are, what are four things that, that I think captures the heart of what's being said here? One of these things that he's saying you will be wise to build your, your house on this particular foundation. It's this, this worldview that's, that's built on the kingdom of God as its rock with its own set of politics that says love the other. This is saturated inside this text. And with God and his sovereign 
ways would plan that we will be walking through a text like this that, that during a time when our nation will be so deeply divided over political issues. But it's not just the name. It's, it's easy when you can say, man, those out there in the world deeply divided, but the church deeply divided over political issues. And people wage these, these political wars against one another. So much so that it's almost like you forget the fact that we are residents of a kingdom that has its own set of political rules, own set of political things here. And it's almost as if... You're not even a part of that kingdom because you have fallen so much in line with all these political things and they become the most important thing on your mind. All the time, you're raging all alone about it. And it's almost like the politics of the kingdom don't even exist. I'd rather focus on these temporal things. We, we, we might get confused somewhere along the line. Is you a part of the kingdom? Is you not a part of the kingdom? Another thing that we see here is that he's saying this, the, this rock that we, we're building on here, the kingdom of God that we're building on here becomes displayed in us living as salt and light inside the world that we're in. Salt and light inside the community that we're in. Being the flavor being the light that exposes, caring deeply about it. During that point in time, it was talking about being that, that city that's on a hill. <coughs> that mean that it was, it, it, it was different from everything else. It was set up higher. During this time, you hear about this kingdom that we're, we're building on, this, this rock we're building on. Where we're, we're learning about this worldview that calls us to hope and trust in the goodness of the Father. With a hope and a trust that's displayed in how we live inside this world. Like, like how I live with my wife says, I hope and trust in the goodness of the Father. How I interact in politics says, I hope and trust in the goodness of the Father. How I am at my, my job says, I hope and trust in the goodness of the Father. When people see me, they get this understanding that he hopes and trusts in something that's deeper and bigger. One of the things that you can't miss walking through these texts, walking through these 13 weeks, is this worldview that calls us into deep relationship with God himself that consequently drives us into deep relationship with each other. Like, if this isn't rocking you, if this isn't moving you into community, moving you into fellowship with, with, with others, then you're missing something along the way. Along the way, you're not connecting the dots here. Because there isn't room for that inside this. It pushes you into this even deeper. I want to know my neighbor even more. 
And not just the ones, the neighbor that I agree with. What about the neighbor I don't agree with? What about the neighbor that I'm not like? What about the neighbor that... In 25, he says, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Here's what he didn't say. He didn't say, obediently doing what he said would take you out of harm's way, but instead, that it wouldn't destroy you. And that's a problem here because a lot of us try to, to walk this thing out by staying out of harm's way. A lot of us try to live this thing out by doing it in a way that I, I can stay in my comfort zone, I won't be affected, or if I am affected, I'll be affected minimally. I'm trying to do damage control while I serve God. But it says, he said, the rain will come. The floods will come. The winds will blow. And they will beat on your house. But when your foundation is built on the kingdom of God, that's what's going to keep you from falling. Then he continues to talk and he continues to teach and he says and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand well something stood out to me off the back because you're talking about somebody that does something and somebody that doesn't do something Notice he described both the ones that does and does not as builders. You see, it's, it's easy to see how doing his word is, is building, but how is not doing it still considered a form of building? This, 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 he doesn't leave a gray area here. He doesn't leave this thing where there's, there's some that build and some that don't build. No, 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 they're both building. The only question is, what are you building on? You need to catch this. They're both building. They both are definitely building. The question is, what are you building on? He's saying, you right here, you're building on the rock. You're building on the kingdom of God. You're building on Christ as king. And everything that you're doing is, is building on that reality. But when you don't do, when you don't live out what, what's being said, when you don't live out what you're hearing, live out what you're reading, you, your act of not walking it out, communicate a message that builds on a worldview that deceivingly says Christ is not king and this kingdom is not real. You're building something here. You don't realize what you're building here. 
You're communicating a message to your kids that Christ is not really that real. I know people that won't come to Christ because of what they've seen as children. You're communicating a message to, the, to, your, to people at your job that Christ ain't really real. He's not really king. Probably he exists, but he ain't king. You're building on a lie, and you're teaching a lie by not walking in the truth. And this is no gray area here. The reality is this. When you start to look closer, what we build is merely an extension of what we're building on. You're not building a different thing here. What you're building is an extension of what you're building on. You're building on the, 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 the foundation of the kingdom of God with Christ as king. And what you're, you're building is, is aspects of the kingdom by how you live. In this quote from C.S. Lewis, he says it like this. I think earth, earth if chosen instead of heaven, will turn out to have been all along only a region of hell. And earth, if put second to heaven, have been from the beginning a part of heaven itself. That you'll start to just realize that you was already living in the kingdom of heaven. You realize that as things progress, or you realize you never was living in the kingdom of heaven at all. Jesus builds these parables understanding how things were, how things are. Understanding things like in Palestine, the ground often could not absorb large amounts of rainwater so what will happen when, when large rain will come, since the ground can absorb large amounts of water, they would produce these, these flash floodings, these rapid floodings will come, and they would produce these violent rivers. So wise builders, knowing that these things would happen, they prepare for this by, by building their homes on bedrock as opposed to soil and sand. Now to get to the bedrock, you had to dig deep. You couldn't build on the surface because the surface was shallow. See, to get to the bedrock, they had to dig deep. Like, if you hear the gospel preached and you're looking at these words and then you're only letting them to hit the surface, and you're not allowing them to dig deep, you're not allowing them to go past the surface stuff that you're willing to allow, the surface stuff that like, I give you that. But he's like, no, no, I came to take this. If you're not walking these truths out, you're building on shallow ground.
See, the reason the wise man does them is because he trusts the surety of the rock. He trusts it. But the reason the foolish man doesn't is because in his heart, he questions the surety of the rock. I'm not really even sure if I believe. It sounds good. And I'm going to say amen, and I'm going to raise my hand. But at the end of the day, when it comes to walking it out, the reality is I struggle with believing it. And sometimes it's not even a question of whether or not you believe it. You believe it. You know it's true. You just rather serve your own kingdom. You're not wrestling on the inside whether it's true. The truth is not attractive to you right now. What's more attractive to you is your vision of what truth is. You rather live right there and build your house on that. you just not being real with yourself. But the reality of it, you are attempting to fool yourself and you're not fooling yourself. You know it. You try to pass that off to somebody else thinking you're fooling them too. You don't practice walking these things out, you won't truly grow. You're thinking you're growing informational-wise, and you feel like since I'm gaining information, I'm growing spiritually. It's not what's happening there. You're just getting head knowledge. The reality is a lot of these things are, are hard things, and you won't even realize the internal challenges of your own heart and your own sin until you try walking these things out and it gets exposed along the way. Like, I didn't even know I had an issue with that. You thought you was all good with, with walking these things out until you realized that you had to deal with something that was extremely uncomfortable. Until you realized that you had to fellowship with people that you actually didn't agree with some things on. Until you realized that walking this thing out may mean having deep, deep, deep relationship without somebody worshiping my views. May mean I get some rejection sometimes, and rejection doesn't make me feel good. I have to deal with confrontation. That doesn't make me feel good neither. I'd rather be a solo artist. There's just some things that you won't even realize are issues until you walk it through. And God is using the walking it through process to build you up inside of him. In 27, it said, the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. It didn't just say it fell. It said, great was the fall of it. It came crashing down. And sometimes we have no idea when we don't walk these things through, and we build our houses on a lie, and, and it comes falling down. All the collateral damage that happens to people that's around you. But 
But then in the midst of it, we can't forget the sovereignty of the God that sent the rain and sent the floods and sent the wind to remind you that you wasn't standing on the right thing. Like, I'm going to send the wind and I'm going to send the rain. It's going to come. Those that are rooted on me, those that are building on me, they'll stand. And I hope that those that fall catches the drift. It hits you. You're like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. But part of you wasn't rooted on him. Part of you wasn't building on him. Let me go back to that story about the pigs. Like I said, you had the one pig that built with the, the straw. Then you had the other built pig that built with the, the sticks. Then you had the one that built with the bricks. I want to I wanna talk about the one that built with the bricks. I think about those bricks, and those bricks represent something solid, something weighty. Again, you got to remember, though, he's still built on shallow ground, too. Like, sometimes we look at ourselves, and we think that we're building with these solid bricks, right? In this case, the bricks represent the gospel, things inside the Bible. And I'm like, I'm building my house, and what you're really doing is you're saying, this is my view, and I'm finding things inside the Bible to support my view. And I'm building my house, and I'm building my house. And I can tell them, oh, I'm doing this because the Bible said that, and the Bible said this. And you're trying to push an argument that says you're doing something that represents the kingdom of God, but when you look past everything, where everything is being built on, it ain't the kingdom of God. It's you. In your kingdom, and what you agree with, and what you want, and you're trying to take the gospel and pimp it out for what you think reflects you. Then the rain comes, and the flood comes, and the wind blows and crushes your fake dream. And you sit there like, well, what happened? If you do the right thing for the wrong reason, it makes it wrong still. The reason a wise man does them is because he trusts the surety of the God. The foolish man, he doesn't, he questions it. I love the fact that we get to closing these things out and this whole sermon, this whole sermon on the mount started off with, with him and his disciples. And he's preaching and he's talking to them. <coughs> By the time they get to the end of the sermon, he says that, in 28 29, he says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teachings. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. 
No longer were just the disciples hearing what was being said, but now the crowds were also hearing what was being said, and they were astonished by it. Interesting. Astonished by what was being said, but yet at the same time, being astonished by it isn't what cuts it. It'll add to some head knowledge, but it's not what's going to build you up in wisdom. Practicing, practicing these things teach you how to do it and when to do it and where to do it and how to apply it this way and how to apply it that way. Things that just head knowledge can't teach you. And that man, applying it this way was good in this situation, but it's not good at all in this situation. Experience teaches you that. The practice of walking it out teaches you that. But then again, if you just refuse to practice walking it out and continue to live this solo mission, the question is whether or not you're building on the kingdom at all. And that's something that you got to wrestle with. Let me close with these two things. When Jesus teaches and he uses these parables, they act as both a window to the kingdom of God and also a mirror that convicts its listeners. And we got to let it convict. And we got to let it go deep. We got to let it go past the shallow ground. We got to let it go to where it's at so things are at the foundation being convicted. I want to close with this quote from C.S. Lewis, and then we're going to pray. He said, to have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There'd be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you have really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you are trying to obey him, but trying in a new way. A less worried way. Not doing these things in order to be saved, but because he has already begun to save you already. Not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions, but inevitably wanting to act in a certain way because at first faint gleam, you realize that heaven has already begun inside of you. I want to pray. Then we'll lead into communion. Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your, your goodness and what you're doing in us, your people, Lord. I pray, pray, pray that you will be the gardener that's planting inside of our souls, that's, that's tilling the soil of our hearts, Lord, and you are planting your own truth deep down inside, Lord, that it will bear fruit to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to open up the the communion tables. And when you come to this table, remember that you're coming to this table as a family, those that are in God, and you're saying, I submit to you as king. I submit to your kingdom. And I ask that you'll pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what's real, show you what kingdom you're really building, show you what ground you're really building on that he will convict you, that you will submit to him. The tables are open. Let's fellowship together. Amen.
This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.